One thing we know quite a bit about in Australia is bushfires. We have recently seen the destruction that was caused by bushfires in Bunyip State Forest, where over 15,000 hectares were burnt and around 30 homes destroyed. We also often hear around bushfires enormous acts of bravery and sacrifice by people fighting fires while their own homes are burnt to the ground. Well, I haven't actually been in a bushfire. The nearest I've got was in 2009 when I was asked to respond to the needs of a primary school in Kinglake after Black Saturday. I saw firsthand the effects of the fire, which in some parts were still smouldering as I drove up the mountain. And you could see the effect of the fires in the eyes of those who had lived through it. I read recently of a story of a firefighter in a forest fire. As he walked back to his truck, he saw the remains of a dead bird lying on a track. And he wondered why the bird hadn't simply flown away to escape the fire. Was it sick? Had it been injured? Anyway, he decided that he would flick the carcass off the track and into the scorched surroundings only to find when he did, four chicks ran out from under the wings. The bulk of the large bird had saved the four chicks. Whilst the word for fire doesn't appear in the text this morning, the powerful image Jesus uses has it in mind. He is using farmyard analogy of a mother hen gathering her chicks under her wings. They have plenty of farmyard stories of a mother, a mother hen, giving her lies for their chicks, just like the story in the forest fire. It is a vivid and violent image of what Jesus is stating that he wants to do for the people of Jerusalem and by implication, all of Israel. There is a sense here of an overshadowing of Jesus, wanting to gather up his people under his protection. But all he can see is them running all over the place, taking no notice of the pending doom, the pending flames, of the approaching danger, and of the only one that can give them shelter, protection and safety. Like I said last week, you will remember that 70 AD, Jerusalem is sacked, is destroyed. This powerful, very powerful image, this strong image that Luke gives us here of what Jesus thinks his death would be all about. But let's leave that image for a moment. And look at the other farmyard image Luke gives us, that being the one of the fox, the natural enemy of a chicken. The greater danger alongside fire to the chicken would be a predator, particularly a fox. One of my neighbours had, well, had far more chickens than you're allowed to in sunny North Bourne, but he had them all in his backyard uh, one night, 
a fox got into their cage, he didn't just kill one chicken, but went crazy and killed all the chickens and then just left them. But that is the image Jesus uses for Herod. Leading up to where we are in Luke's gospel, Herod has been in the background, but his dark shadow has been around. But now we read an explicit threat brought to Jesus by a group of Pharisees. These Pharisees, well, are most likely to be from a more moderate um, faction amongst their group. It's a bit hard to tell whether they stand on Jesus' teachings. They may well have been supporters of Jesus and generally warning him, or they may well have just been trying to scare him off. What matters, though, is not their position, but the response they get from Jesus. Clearly, Jesus has nothing but contempt for Herod. Even today, the notion of being called a fox conjures up the thoughts of someone who is sly, cunning, sneaky, someone you couldn't trust. And Jesus wasn't alone for his contempt for Herod. Everybody knew that he really had no claim to royalty. In fact, the, the, it was only in that position because the Romans considered his father to be the most effective thug, the biggest bully around, that they promoted him to keep the peace. Jesus also gives strong affirmation of his own vocation, fulfilling the task that was set before him. Yes, he will eventually die at the hands of the authorities, but it won't be in Galilee. It will be in Jerusalem. Herod will have his role, Mind you, it will be a minor role. But Jesus is painting a picture of his destiny. This involves two days of casting out demons and curing illness. And he says, and I shall be finished on the third day. This statement both echoes backwards and forwards. Firstly, it echoes back to when Jesus was a boy. You know the story? He was left behind in the temple. Mary and Joseph spent three days looking for him. A parent's nightmare. But it is also forward to the risen Jesus, alive on the third day. What we read in these verses is Jesus' willingness to face his destiny, to go to Jerusalem and die if that's what it's going to take. He's willing to risk the threats of the fox and to play his role as the mother hen, casting his wings. He's overshadowing and protecting those that face sure and certain danger. But it will be in Jerusalem. Sadly, Jerusalem has a long history of rebelling against God, refusing the way of peace. Ezekiel in the Old Testament, in chapters 10 and 11, Ezekiel saw rebellion, that it meant that the holy presence of God 
had left not only the temple, but also the city, leaving the city vulnerable to attack. The only hope they had, the only hope the people of Jerusalem had, was to turn away, turn away from this plan, this this hope that a Messiah would raise up an army and go up against the Romans. The only hope they had was to turn away, turn from that direction, turn from the direction they're heading, to repent and take on Jesus' message of peace. Well, here we are at the end of chapter 13 of Luke's Gospel. And we can see with all the clarity we need that Jesus' journey to reduce to Jerusalem, what it's going to mean. Israel's greatest crisis is only moments away. And Jesus is offering an urgent summon to repent, to come to his kingdom way, his way of peace. This was the only way they would avoid disaster, which will otherwise follow her continuous rebellion. Well, the warning and the promise from Luke are not only for the nation of Israel, they also apply to every individual. If you continue in rebellion against God and reject the Saviour whom he sent, God will leave you desolate. But if you repent of your sins and trust the Saviour who is willing and went on to fulfil his vocation, then you will know the joy of saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You are reconciled to God. Jesus gives us this graphic picture of God's love. It's like the mother hen gathering her chicks under her wings. The Lord Jesus Christ gave himself on the cross to save you and me from God's judgment. And so he pleads with you to take refuge under his wings. If you are willing to, to, to if you will run to Christ, you will find shelter and mercy because of his great love. It is a place of great love, of great comfort, of a great overshadowing. Amen.